Great is our Lord. Amen? Amen. I was uh, sharing with the first service uh, last night. The Lord kind of arrested my wife and I, our attention at the same time. And we were watching the 11 o'clock news and we were sitting on the couch and and I appreciate Pastor Rick praying for Haiti. Both my nephews are Haitians, and so we keep close touch with that country and what's happening there. And uh, my brother works with Samaritan's Person. Of course, they're involved there. And uh, we saw the devastation. These temporary homes that these people had just wiped away, gone. Nothing left. 900 lives, I think, was the count yesterday lost because of Hurricane Matthew. And then the next story was a fascinating story of this young girl, Syrian girl. I think she might have been six or seven years old. And uh, through Facebook is recording for the world to see what life is like as a six, seven-year-old girl living in Aleppo. And uh, as she ran through the streets with her camera and as you got to see the whole city just devastated, you know, my wife and I looked at each other and we just said, forgive us for how we complain. So ungrateful. When you see the realities of so many people and the lives that they live in the different parts of the world, and yet we complain if sometimes there's a power outage and we can't get the cable for the football game we wanted to watch. It's just incredible. And so I'm thankful for those moments when the Lord arrests our attention to reorientate us back to an attitude of gratitude and being thankful for what we have. Well, happy Thanksgiving. And I have uh, good news to let you know. The last time I shared with you, one of my favorite things about this time of season is pies. And last Sunday, we celebrated Thanksgiving, and I got my maple syrup pie. And uh, it was incredible. It was good. It was rich, and it was sweet. And uh, I had to go for a walk after that one. But uh, it was good. But Thanksgiving is a great time, and some of you maybe have already had a meal. Oh, you're about to go to a meal? Don't worry, I'm going to preach short today, so it's going to be all right. The turkey's going to be fine. And uh, we're heading up, Lord willing, three hours as soon as we're done here up north. And I know that the airtight stove will be on in the farmhouse. I know the roasted chicken will be in the oven, and all will be good under my mother's care. So I'm looking forward to that. But this morning, I want us to, in the few minutes we have before we celebrate the Lord's table together, to discuss a trademark of genuine faith. A trademark of genuine faith. Now, trademarks, we know, we see them all over town, wherever you drive, billboards, signs, if you're watching TV and advertisements pop up. Trademarks are those distinct expressions, words, or symbols that distinguish one thing from another. And they're pretty much familiar to all of us. So I'm going to test you this morning. If I was to say that something is built like a rock... That is a trademark expression of? Pardon? No, I'm not built like a rock. (laughs) But God bless you. Uh, Come on. Chevy trucks. There you go. How about always fresh? Tim Hortons. We've We've got a better Canadian crowd in this service. Now, if you don't drink coffee and you don't drive, and you're not a redneck and you don't drive trucks, Those might not be familiar to you, but this one I think is familiar to most people. If I was to say, hey, bada boom, bada bing, Eastside Mario's. So trademarks are very familiar to us. They identify and distinguish one thing from another. Well, I would like to make a proposal this morning on Thanksgiving Sunday that thankfulness 
is a trademark of genuine faith. Thankfulness is a trademark of genuine faith. Being thankful and expressing thankfulness should be a trait that is easily identifiable in true followers of Jesus Christ. And it should distinguish us from others. After all, did Paul not say in his final instructions to the church in Thessalonica that we are to rejoice always, pray continually, and this is the tough one, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, don't forget, the way that is possible is those last two words, in Christ. It is impossible to give thanks in all circumstances if you are not in Christ. And even for those of us who by God's grace are in Christ, to give thanks in every circumstance is difficult. So I'm not up here as your pastor just saying, go and give thanks in every circumstance and be obedient. I understand it's tough. It's not easy. We've journeyed with some families this week who have gone through some difficult times. But you know what amazed me? Even in the most low, sad, lonely moment in a hospital room, as they faced the reality of losing a baby, we were still able to thank God for the body of Christ that we have each other. You see, even in that most difficult situation, because we are in Christ, and because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us, he enables us to demonstrate thankfulness, the trademark of genuine faith. And this morning, I want us to look at a familiar account in the Bible where we see this distinct trademark of genuine faith clearly displayed for us. So if you would, would you turn to Luke chapter 17, and we will read from verse 11 to 19. It's a familiar story. It's the story where Jesus heals the 10 men who are inflicted with leprosy. Verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go. Show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise up and go. Your faith has made you well. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the gift of your word, and thank you for the opportunity to gather here together to praise you and to worship you and to give you our thanks on this Sunday that is set aside for Thanksgiving. And God, I just pray that you would use your word to teach us important truths about thankfulness, and I thank you for your spirit who resides in us that will then give us the strength to apply these truths in our lives in the coming days. We ask this in your name. Amen. So from this text this morning, I'd like us to take a look at what I believe are three key aspects of thankfulness. The first aspect has to do with the source of our thankfulness. See, trademarks not only identify something and distinguish it from another thing, but trademarks also point people to the source of that thing. So if thankfulness is a trademark of genuine faith, then what is its source? 
Well, I believe from the passage we've read this morning that the source of our thankfulness is found in the compassion and the mercy of God. The source of our thankfulness is rooted in the compassion and mercy of God. You see, by studying the life of Christ like we are this morning and observing how he interacted and dealt with people, we learn a lot about the heart of God. Because Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 9, that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So if the source of our thankfulness is the compassion and mercy of God, by studying and observing the life of Christ, we can get a glimpse into the heart of God. And here this morning, we find Jesus traveling, making his way to Jerusalem, where he is going to complete his mission. Now, we've traveled quite a bit. And uh, unlike most of us who get weary on a journey and simply want to get to our destination and crash, we notice something different about Jesus. Even though I'm sure he was tired from traveling, and I'm sure mentally and emotionally he was aware of what was ahead of him, and that was weighing on him, he still made it a priority to make time for people. He did not put people off. And on this particular occasion, he is approached by 10 lepers who meet him as he enters their village. Leprosy was and still is a terrible, terrible disease. I know growing up in a third world nation, I have seen firsthand the effects of leprosy, and it's a terrible disease. It's a contagious disease that affects the skin, causing discoloration, forming lesions on people's skin. In fact, lumps start to form on their skin. And in severe cases, it attacks the nervous system, resulting in disfigurement, and in deformities. It's a terrible, debilitating, contagious disease. And if the physical pain and suffering symptoms aren't enough, there is the mental and the emotional toll of the shame that comes with being inflicted with this disease. You see, lepers in Jesus' day had to live in isolation, ostracized from the rest of society in accordance with the law. If you read in the book of Leviticus chapter 13, the Bible says that they had to wear torn clothes. They had to let their hair be unkept. And to add insult to injury to these individuals who I'm sure already felt like the scum of society, they were to cover the lower part of their face, and as they moved around, they were to shout, unclean, unclean, unclean. For a moment, put yourself in the shoes of a leper isolated, shut off from your family at Thanksgiving, not able to participate in the festivities, not able to be with your family, to be with your friends because of this condition that you had. You were unclean. And as long as they were infected, they had to live alone and not mix with other people from the community. So that is why in verse 12 it says, from a distance, from a distance, as they saw Jesus, this man that they had heard about, entering their village. They also knew the laws that they were under because of their condition. And so they met him, but it was at a distance. That was as close as their condition would allow them to get to Jesus. And from a distance, they shouted in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Notice they didn't say, please heal me. Their cry was a cry for compassion. Have pity on us. A request that came frequently to Jesus. You can read through Matthew and in the book of Mark, 
through the Gospels, frequently people would cry out to Jesus with the same request, have pity on us, have mercy on us. No doubt they had heard of Jesus and all the amazing things he was doing for people in other parts of the country. And that day as he entered their village, I'm sure in their minds they thought, could he do something for us today? I wonder if this guy we've heard about named Jesus could do something for us today. In their helpless, isolated, hopeless position, they called out to Jesus, have pity on us. And I love what the beginning of verse 14 says, because it shows you the heart of God. When he saw them, he responded. When he saw them, he responded, immediately removing any doubt about his desire to show these 10 lepers who were calling out for mercy, calling out for compassion, removed any doubt about his desire to show them compassion. Why? Because James 5 verse 11 tells us that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. It's who he is. This Thanksgiving, there's so many things that we are going to be thankful for, and we should be thankful for. Thankful for the homes that we have, shelter. Thank you for clean water. As I watched the news last night, there's places in, in our province where people are turning on the tap and it's black, black water. When was the last time you were grateful and thankful for water coming out of your tap? Shelter. Devastation in Aleppo. Devastation in Haiti. And yet we're able to sit in a comfortable home on a couch and watch it on TV. I would ask you today to consider, in light of all the things we have to be thankful for, would you put at the top of your list today and moving forward this week, thank God for his compassion and his mercy. Thank God for his compassion and his mercy because that is the source of our thankfulness. Is it not comforting for you to know that God sees you? He saw these men. God, the creator of the universe, sees you. I'll give you a quick practical example that blew me away this week. Someone laid it upon the heart of an individual in this church last Sunday while Pastor Rick was preaching about hearing God's voice. And this individual, on her own accord, told her husband that she's going to make an extra lasagna this week and uh, give it to our family. Because she said so many times we, we respond once a bad thing has happened. And she said, we just want to respond and give you guys a dinner on Wednesday night. Little did she know, little did we know, that Jen's dad would be called to go into hospital on Wednesday. Her mom has just finished her second treatment of chemo and she was low. And Jen is trying to manage her family in London and be the big sister and the oldest child and get all the family and do with all the communication. And yet God, the creator of the universe, knew what was going to happen in my household on Wednesday and saw fit to speak to someone personally to come and extend compassion and mercy to my family on that Wednesday. Is it not comforting to know that God watches over us? The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Second Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He responded because he's compassionate and he's merciful. He sees us. He hears us. And in Isaiah chapter 30, it says he longs to be gracious and to rise up and show his compassion. He responds to them out of his compassion, and out of his mercy. And he tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests. 
Now, to us, that may seem like a very random and strange response to some men who obviously have a very physical condition. It's very clear. And I'm sure what they would want from God is healing. And instead, he says to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. To us, that may sound strange. But to these lepers, those words were actually very familiar. It was the timing of what he was asking them to do that didn't make any sense. Those words were familiar because in Jesus' day, it was only until a leper was cured, was cleansed from his infection, then he had to go and present himself to the priest, and then the priest would declare that individual clean and fit to return to community life and the activities going on in their family. So it was after they were cured that they were supposed to go and see the priest. And yet here Jesus is telling them, his response to them is, go show yourselves to the priests. Even though they were unclean, he said, go present yourself to the priests. You see, Jesus was requiring of them to take a step of faith. To take a step of faith. And we read in the text that they responded. Even though it didn't make sense to them, they responded and they obeyed what he told them to do. And it says, as they went they were cleansed. As they obeyed him in faith, they were cleansed. One author says, when we call on the Lord for favor, we must be prepared to receive them in his way and in his method. God knows best. He knows what he's doing, and he loves you, and he sees you, and he hears you, and he will respond to you because he is compassionate and because he is merciful. Do you see the progression? These 10 men, isolated, living alone, separate, with this condition that keeps them away from everybody, helpless, hopeless, see Jesus approaching their village, realizing they can't get close to them, so they shout in a loud voice, Jesus, have mercy on us. Master, have pity on us. And because Jesus is God, Emmanuel, God with us, We've already established that he is full of compassion and mercy. He sees them and he responds to them. And by faith, they have to obey him. And when they did that, their lives were changed. Changed as a direct result of the compassion and the mercy of God. As I was studying this week, I thought many of us here this morning can give testimony to how our lives have too been changed as a result of God's compassion and his mercy. Can you imagine when they turned to follow his instruction, they're heading to the temple. We don't know how long it was after they had walked that they started to see the physical changes happening in their bodies. We, it doesn't give us details about was there, some of them have deformities, were they disfigured, was it just lesions or bump? But as they turned, it doesn't matter your condition, they knew that they were separated and as they turned to do what he told them to do, all of a sudden things started to happen on their body. The signs of the condition that they had that kept them separated began to fall away. All of a sudden, their pain and their shame, gone. And I'm sure as they were walking and going, whoa, whoa, this is crazy. I'm sure all of a sudden their minds started to flood with all the things that they had longed to do, to be part of in their family, to be part of in their community. And all of a sudden the excitement and the joy that now they can be reunited and be engaged again in all the things that are going on on their community and not feel isolated and alone, I'm sure just began to flood their minds and they probably didn't know where to start. Can you recall times in your life when God has been compassionate and merciful towards you and you experienced 
that sense of relief, joy, hope. What did you do? Did you respond appropriately to God's compassion and mercy in your life? I know if we took time this morning, there would be testimony after testimony. In fact, as we were worshiping, I was thinking of Andrew sitting behind me. I don't even know this man, but I know his name, and I knew what his condition was because as a church, we prayed for him. And by God's grace and through his compassion and mercy, touched Andrew, and he's here today worshiping God. I think about my own life as a child growing up and experiencing war and hearing rockets and mortars and automatic weapons flying over our roof of our house. And I look back and I go, God, you were so compassionate and merciful to our family that none of us lost our lives during that time. And there was one instance I remember that I shared with the congregation this morning, and I couldn't remember if I've shared it with the adults or if it was in children's ministry. Nothing compared to leprosy. But I do understand to a small degree the shame of having physically something wrong with you that everybody stares at. I remember when I was about six or seven, I had a terrible, terrible case of warts. I, I mean, I'm talking gross. My skin was covered with warts. They were under my nails, so much so that I would walk around always with my hands in my pocket. My biggest fear was when someone at church would come to shake my hand and I'd have to pull out my hand. It was so shameful, and there was nothing I could do about it. We tried all the different things you can, creams, whatever. We even tried, you know, those urban myths. We tried everything. And I remember one dear old gentleman, we were just heading for, summer, for our school vacation in South Africa, and before we left, he just put his hand on my shoulder, and he says, I'm just going to pray that Jesus is going to heal you on your vacation. I was just a little kid. We went on our trip to South Africa, and I remember keep, I kept looking. I remember sitting in, we had a Valiant, a blue Valiant car. And I remember sitting in the, and I kept looking, because I thought, wow, Jesus is maybe going to do something. This guy's going to pray. And you know what happened? One day I woke up in the morning. Every wart was gone. Every wart was gone. Nothing on my hands, completely clear, nothing. And I remember waking up, and I remember running to my mom and dad. I said, Dad, Mom, they're gone. I can't believe this, and I was just a little kid, but I think God wanted to instill in my heart from when I was so young that he's gracious, compassionate, and merciful, and he's willing to respond. And I remember going back to school, and I, I didn't have to walk around with my hands in my school uniform pockets anymore. I remember I felt comfortable putting up my hand to ask questions. Stood on, it didn't help me with math. I still struggled. <laughs> but at least I had a clean hand, and I was willing to hold it up. Do you recall times in your life when God has been compassionate and merciful? Have you responded appropriately? Because you see the second point I want to make this morning from our story, there is clear signs of thankfulness. There are clear signs of thankfulness as seen in one of the lepers. Notice in verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. You see, the first sign of thankfulness is recognizing God's goodness, his compassion, and his mercy in your life. It says, when he saw. Isn't it interesting? Jesus saw him earlier and responded. Now this leper sees what God has done for him and is now responding. He received, he recognized what had happened to him. And he didn't just go on with his life 
and all those things that were running through his head that are totally good, totally legitimate, that he would enjoy, that he hasn't been able to enjoy, he made something the highest priority with this new hope and new life that he has as a clean person. The second sign of thankfulness is he came back. He came back recognizing that Jesus was the source of his healing, and he took time to acknowledge that. Reminiscent of the conduct of Naaman. Remember Naaman, the commander of the army of Aram? He also had leprosy, and you can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 5. And he finally obeyed Elisha's instructions to wash himself seven times in the Jordan River. And the scriptures tell us, after by faith obeying the man of God's instructions, that his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy, and Naaman and all his attendants, hear this, went back. They went back to the man of God. The one leper came back on his own. Naaman brought all his attendants to come back to the man of God. And he stood before him and said, now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. And he wanted to give a gift to show his gratitude. Just like the leper and Naaman, we should be quick in our return to offer praise and thanks and not delay in the event that as time passes, we lose that sense of mercy. We lose that sense of his compassion. Daily, when God extends his grace and compassion, when you wake up, he's already extended his grace and compassion to you because you have breath to breathe. Daily, regularly, continually, come back. Recognize his goodness and come back. Come back and do what? Third sign, publicly praise God unashamedly. Giving glory to the one who deserves it. And how does it say the leper did this? In a very quiet voice. He came back. In a loud voice, it says, he came back praising God. You see, when we are recipients of God's compassion and mercy, we should publish it to others so that they may praise God and be encouraged to, by our experience, to trust in Him and in His care for themselves. You see, prior to extending His compassion and mercy to this leper, the leper shouted in a loud voice, but full of shame, unclean, unclean. And yet here, after experiencing the compassion and the mercy of God, he's still shouting in a loud voice, but totally unashamed. No more shame. And it says he came in a loud voice praising God and thanking him, and I noticed with his whole being, he threw himself at the feet of Jesus, humility. Another sign of thankfulness. He threw himself at the feet of Jesus, and he thanked him. What a powerful image of someone who loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Brothers and sisters, we need to stop and take time to recognize God's goodness, to come back and to offer our praise and our worship and our thanksgiving because he deserves all of it. One author said, a healthy proportion of time spent with God reflecting on his compassion and mercy may save us from the bitter pills we tend to swallow because we move so hectically through life. Stop. Recognize. 
come back. Note at the end of verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and then it says, and he was a Samaritan. This is really important for you to understand. All the other nine were obviously Jewish lepers. This one was a Samaritan. Samaritans were disliked by Jews because of their religious defection. They were written off as, oh, they're beyond help. But again, we get a picture of God's heart. Jesus illustrates how God's compassion and mercy breaks through all social and racial barriers and reaches the marginalized and the outcast. You see, because of the nationality of this leper who returned to give thanks, because he was a Samaritan, he would not have been allowed to enter the Jerusalem temple. And this part, just as I read this this week, I thought, wow, God, you are amazing. Just as he orchestrated that meal for my family this week, knowing ahead of time what was coming down our path this week, God knew that on this day, he was going to touch this leper's life. And although he was not in a position to see the priests, listen to this, God made it possible for him to be able to worship Jesus, the Son of God, at his feet. What he was not allowed to do, God made a way for him to worship his Son at his feet. What an amazing foreshadowing of who Jesus really is and the purpose of why he's traveling to Jerusalem to complete his mission. Jesus came to be our high priest. And through his death and resurrection, he alone is the only one who can present anyone who puts their faith and trust in him, holy in God's sight, without blemish, free from accusation. We have an amazing high priest. Signs of thankfulness, recognition, coming back, praising God publicly, unashamedly, with humility, thanking him. Are those evidence in our lives? Are they evident to our family? Are they evident to our neighbors? Are they evident to our coworkers? Because the actions of this one leper to demonstrate the trademark of genuine faith is significant. The significance of thankfulness, it matters to God that we come back regularly to praise God and to thank him for his compassion and his mercy. It matters to him. Have you noticed the emphasis in this account is not so much on the healing, but rather on the response to the healing. God notices when we neglect to give him praise and thanksgiving for his goodness towards us. And when we fail to praise and thank him, it matters. Read his words. We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Foreigner was another word that was used for pagan or heathen. This Samaritan, has no one else returned to give praise to God but the Samaritan? It's almost like he's saying the other nine lepers who are Jews, they should have known better. The lost do not acknowledge God as the source of the good things in their lives because they do not know him. Therefore, they do not offer God thanksgiving. If you listen to the people you work with or the people you associate who do not know Jesus Christ, they give themselves the praise and the thanksgiving. I'm entitled to this and I deserve this because I have worked really hard for this. They do not understand the source of thankfulness. 
Unfortunately, too often, we are also guilty of this common sin of ingratitude. By God's grace, we have come to understand that God is the source of all things. Therefore, brothers and sisters, those of us who are in Christ, we have no excuse for failing to give thanks. Jesus finally goes on to commend the example of gratitude in the Samaritan leper, and he issues a final powerful word of encouragement to him. He said to him in verse 19, rise and go, your faith has made you well. This can also be translated or is also rendered, your faith has saved you, suggesting that the faith, the faith that the leper, the Samaritan leper demonstrated, not only allowed him to be healed physically, but also led to salvation. Faith is a gift from God. God had given this leper the ability to not only believe that God can heal him physically, but through his response of thanksgiving, he also recognizes who Jesus Christ is. And as a result, Jesus says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What distinguished him from the other nine? He returned to say thank you. Distinguishing the type of faith that this leper had as genuine. Because thankfulness is a trademark of genuine faith. Although all ten experienced the compassion and mercy of God through the blessing of physical healing, only the Samaritan had genuine faith and experienced his spiritual blessing. His faith was not simply limited to believing that Jesus can cure his physical condition. And by coming back to identify himself, to fall at the feet of Jesus through praise and thanksgiving indicates the presence of salvation. And the deliverance that Jesus affirmed on him, rise and go, your faith has made you well, was more important than the physical healing he had received earlier in the day. Because when God has extended his compassion and grace to you and has made you well spiritually, that will last for eternity. So I ask you this morning on this Thanksgiving day, how is it with you this morning? Are you well physically? If you have a physical need, may I encourage you from the passage this morning, continue to call out to God. Continue to call out to the Lord who alone has the power to heal. He sees and he hears your call for compassion, for mercy, and he will respond to you and your situation according to his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Never forget he is a good good father. But more importantly, are you well spiritually this morning? You see, much like the physical condition of the ten lepers, the sinful spiritual condition we are all born with leaves us feeling isolated, alone, often living with a heavy sense of shame, wondering if there's any hope for a bright future. The reality is, Scripture tells us that our fallen sinful nature separates us from God, who himself is love, which is what we all desperately need. But the good news is because God is so full of compassion and mercy, he has made a way for that separation to be completely removed. And that way is his son, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. Jesus, through his sinless life, through his death on the cross where he bore the wrath of God for your sins and my sins and the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future, And then through his resurrection, he defeated sin and he defeated death and provided the cure that we needed for our spiritual leprosy. And in Romans 10, 13, just like the leopard, God's word says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be cleansed, will have all the conditions that have kept you separated from God removed so that you can enjoy the freedom of having a relationship with God who is full of compassion and mercy. So I encourage any one of you who is here this morning, and you know that you are separated from God, isolated, may I encourage you to call on the name of the Lord today. Acknowledge your need to him. Thank him for providing a way for you to be saved and receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you have experienced God's compassion and his mercy and have had your life changed by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, may I challenge us this morning as we prepare to come back. This is what we're doing this morning. We're coming back to acknowledge the source of our thankfulness. And as we do that this morning, as we prepare to share the most important satisfying, filling Thanksgiving meal you will have all weekend. Let us respond appropriately. Let us respond as the one leper did and publicly praise God in a loud voice, unashamedly giving thanks because through the compassion and the mercy of God revealed to us through his son Jesus Christ, we are able to today testify that it is well with our souls. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord. It reveals your heart to us. Thank you for your compassion and for your mercy. Thank you that you see us, you hear us, and you long to rise up and show us compassion. Forgive us when we have not responded appropriately. Lord, may we never hear, where were they? Where were those folks from Calvary? But God, I pray, as together we sing this song to you, reminding ourselves again that you are the source of our thankfulness. I pray that God, as you look upon this portion of your body, that you will see the signs of thankfulness in us today because we know that it matters to you. Thank you for your compassion and for your mercy and for providing a way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. David said in Psalms 103, Praise the Lord my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. May I encourage you, as familiar as hey, bada boom, bada bing, 
is to our community. May I encourage you to live in such a way that thankfulness, a genuine trademark of genuine faith, will become familiar in our community. Because after all, it is what identifies us and distinguishes us from others. And may God help us so that through our lives, we will point people to the source of our thankfulness, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. God bless you. Have a happy Thanksgiving.